0: Yo, this hot, this the spot. There it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. we talking about life and life to stream right to you, from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, cause there it is.
1: Welcome to the There It Is podcast, the comedy podcast, to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Great episode today, and I know I always say great episode today, but that's because we always have great episodes, because we always have great guests, and today is no exception. And it's Natasha Vainblot, who is fantastic. She's a writer for A Little Late with Lily Singh, and she has her own show on Comedy Central called Your Worst Fears Confirmed. And she's done a ton through the years, especially at UCB, where she started out performing and then became a teacher there. So she has got a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge. You're going to learn a lot from her. Hey, why don't we just get right to it? Here's my chat with Natasha Vainblot could know you for because you're (laughs) such an accomplished uh, person in the industry. Um, Wow, thank you. (laughs) Well, no, I mean it, though. I mean, you've you've, uh, had a lot of uh, popular shows that were on stage or screen that you've been a part of. And you're currently writing at A Little Late.
0: I am, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm staffed at A Little Late with Lily Singh, yeah. um, which is on
1: NBC. Yeah, I started uh, its second season uh, just a month or two ago.
0: Yeah, well, they I got staffed in November, and I think it started airing. I forget the exact date, but in January, right. like a little after uh, New Year's. Yeah, and we'll go through uh, June. I think it'll air through June.
1: Cool. Let's catch everyone up to how you got here. Where are you from originally?
0: So I was born in Russia and then me and my family, we moved to the U.S. to Virginia mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I was a kid.
1: Okay. Oh, Virginia. Yeah. From Russia mm-hmm. to Virginia. What What brought the <laughs> yeah, family very to odd. Virginia?
0: There was. So the... Um, the Jewish community center in Richmond, Virginia of all places was doing like really wonderful work, helping immigrants at the time. Um, So we just kind of rolled the dice and went there. (laughs) Oh,
1: very cool. That's a nice story.
0: We were going to end up in Queens actually, because I have a fair amount of family there too. Um, But the cost of living was just so expensive. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, if we kind of don't know where we could be, let's
1: just try Virginia. (laughs) Cool. And um, you, how, how old did you say you were? When you I was seven. Uh, you the, seven. Uh, so you have that move. And uh, I, a lot of people, when they are in comedy, they say like, yeah, when I was a kid, I wanted to do comedy, but I didn't know it was a thing you could do for a job. But uh, that's a lot of American kids saying that. Were you saying <laughs> that by the time you were seven, by the time you are in cool. the U.S.?
0: When I was seven, I was like, "I want to learn English." That was
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was my main goal. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I, I do think about this a lot. Where I'm like, I wonder what I would be doing now if I had stayed and like been an adult in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not performing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think I started thinking about um, comedy, maybe until middle school, like there was an elective I took where it was one of those, um, uh, I forget what it was called, but basically you got to like try everything. So it was like, you did like a, a month, you know, in woodshop, a month doing this. And then it was a month in drama class. And I, for the first time felt like I was good at something. So that's kind of when I started thinking about it. But I think most immigrant kids will say that it was like, the last thing your parents want is for you to pursue the arts
1: <laughs> just because
0: it's, you know, so volatile and unpre- right. unpredictable.
1: Yeah. It's not the stable career that they want right. you to have. It's the career who, who knows it can either go really, really well or not
0: <laughs> or both. Right. Or it's like a first <laughs> sure. well and then not. So yeah.
1: Right. What was that for you?
0: Well, so, so, yeah, so I like started getting into theater in middle school. And then in high school, I had a friend who was so, I mean, still is so funny. Um, and she was doing this thing called comedy sports, which I don't know if you're familiar uh, with. Are you familiar I, with comedy sports? Yes. Did you ever do comedy sports yourself?
1: I did. I mean, I did short form, but uh, I never did comedy sports.
0: Yeah, so basically, so Comedy Sports is like a, a chain, short-form improv theater all mm-hmm. over the U.S. Right. And so she was in the high school league uh, in Richmond and was like, oh, you should come audition. And so I did, and then I got into their high school troupe and just fell in love with it. Oh,
1: and, cool.
0: and there, you know, all the kids there were like, we're going to Chicago, you know, when we graduate college. And so that very much was my, was my goal. From like high school all through college was to graduate and go to Chicago, which I did not do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but yeah, uh,
1: where did you end up going? So I went to the,
0: I went to the University of Virginia okay. in Charlottesville. Yeah. So not too far away. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and there, there was an improv troupe there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to audition. I can't wait to do it. Um, and I just kept auditioning and could not get on. They just would not take me. Um, and my friend at the time, Sashir Zameda, if you heard of her. Oh yeah.
1: She's fantastic. Love her. Yeah.
0: So she was also auditioning and not getting on, and she is um, so clearly much,
1: we know who was right. <laughs>
0: Something was. Uh, I mean, yeah.
1: they could get one uh, wrong, but two great people. Mm, but, I don't know about that. Who knows? <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, it really worked out for the best. So she is much like bolder and braver than I am, and was like, "Why don't we just make our own troop?" And I was nice. like, "Is that allowed? I don't. Is that, I don't think that's in the rules." She was like, "It's college. It doesn't matter." <laughs> and so we did, and uh, it was you know the best thing that could have happened. I think to me, because um, we just got to, you know, do our own thing. And so we were trying to mm-hmm. figure out because at the time we were like, how do we differentiate ourselves? So we're not just the reject <laughs> truth? Mm-hmm. Um, which we were. Um, and so we, we were like, okay, well, we'll do long form. Um, and so we, st- we were obviously not good at it at all, <laughs> but started researching and found um, the Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, kind of through that work somehow, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, for whatever reason. And Sashir and I both fell in love with UCB. Um, mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, we thought we were going to sh- go to Chicago, actually. Or, or at least I shouldn't speak for her. Um, but I was like, after um, seeing them perform, I was like, well, I'm going to New York because I want to be wherever wherever they are. Because I had gone to Chicago in college just for a summer to like check it out, you know, cause I was certain I was going to move there and, um, sure. and it was fine, you know, but it just kind of like didn't move me the way New York did and oh, nice. UCB did. Yeah.
1: Now, have you been back to the Richmond area at all as a, a yeah. from a comedic purpose?
0: I have. Um, so uh, some friends from high school's comedy sports Mm -hmm. um, have since also gone off to college and then come back to Richmond for various reasons Mm -hmm. um, and got together and started a kind of like a very cool, like alternative comedy space downtown called RCC Richmond comedy collective. I don't know if you've heard of it. So um, so I know them. So I, so whenever I'm home, I, you know, will like, do a spot. I'll like open a stand up, sh- or I'll do some stand up to open an improv show for them, or I'll like I'll work out material there.
1: Oh, that's um, very cool.
0: It's the best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not super familiar with them. I'm more familiar with Coalition Theater. You're that's right.
0: it. That's oh, the it's exact the same, same thing. Oh, it, okay. I forgot. Okay. It started as RCC and now and it's now called it's coalition. The Coalition.
1: Okay. Yeah. They they run Second Best Fest, which I've been yes. to and love. And I love a lot of the people there.
0: Were um, you? I was there last year or I, well, I guess the last time it happened. Were you there?
1: I was not there last year. Oh, I wish. I wish. Now that I know you were there, uh, especially. Yeah. I was there in 2016. Okay. Yeah, well that that makes sense. Um, and yeah, a lot of great people uh, at that theater. And um, I, I'm I'm obviously now things are so weird, but fingers are crossed for everyone to yeah. be able to get through this. And that's that's one that I, I'm extra hopeful uh, makes it through everything. Me too. Um, so that's very cool that you were uh, able to to do stuff there, workshop some things. So. <laughs> When you went to New York, um, I know you did a bunch of stuff at UCB because uh, you've you've done a ton of sketch work there uh, and other work there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you were really hitting the ground running when you got to New York.
0: Kind of. So I did. So to get to New York, I like knew that I needed, um, I knew I needed a job <laughs> to let my parents let me go, which. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could now in hindsight, I'm like, I could have just gone, but I was a very good daughter and I was like, I need them to be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I applied to teach for America and I happened, and I like my like choice cities, I put like the Bay area, basically Chicago and New York. So I was like, if I get it in one of these hubs, you know, I'll do it. And so I, I mean, as luck would have it, I got placed in New York. So I moved. And I, in my brain, I was like, this is going to be great. Teachers work until what, like four in the afternoon. (laughs) Then I'm going to have the rest of the day. I'm going to do shows at night, take classes. And that of course did not happen for the first year (laughs) (laughs) because I was drowning uh, in work. Um, So the first year in New York, I was just, you know, trying to be a decent teacher. Mm -hmm. And then that summer I started taking classes Mm-hmm. And I kept teaching high school for four years. But during that time, I would like I slowly started taking more classes. And I think around that time, I got on Lloyd Night, which is kind of like the first entry level to improv house right. teams there. Mm-hmm. And then I got on Harold Knight. And then by the end of teaching, I was also on Maud Night, which is their like sketch yeah. night, I guess.
1: Which and somebody that, pointed out yeah. um, <laughs> when it comes to those names, I'm not exactly sure where Lloyd comes from. But Harold and Mod. I don't either. Well, someone was pointing out, like, "Oh, Harold and Mod." Oh, I get it. <laughs>
0: that makes perfect sense. I have no idea. There, I know there is a reason. I mean, I'm sure there is, but man, I don't know what it <laughs> I is. I don't
1: know what it is either. Around what time frame was this that you uh, were getting on teams? And-
0: I I think I was on Mod and I think Harold like around 2013. Okay. Yeah, I think, so maybe it was like, okay, let's see, 2000, uh, I started taking classes in 2010, and I think I was on Lloyd, probably like 2012 Mm -hmm. is when I got on, and then I got pretty quickly bumped up to Harold, fun trivia fact, I'm the first uh, person bumped up from Lloyd to Harold, because I like was on the first Lloyd team ever,
1: Oh,
0: Um, yeah, Um, and then I think, yeah, shortly after. I got because I got Lloyd or Maud. <laughs> all these silly names. And none – it's like it mattered so much and still, you know, does. But it's like I got paid for none of that. Um,
1: right, right. But, well, I mean, and honestly, yeah. I was thinking And the reason I asked about the time frame was um, that was a time w- uh, when – there were tons of people vying for spots um, at, at UCB. And it's true, yes, uh, people don't get paid for this stuff, but it's really hard to get on teams at, uh, yeah, at UCB, tricky. especially because of how many people are there, just how, how competitive it is uh, from, a, from just a standpoint of how many people are there. So it's super impressive that uh, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you uh, got through that. Uh, on the team, got through all that competition to get on the teams.
0: Yeah, it felt it felt um, it felt great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially because I was like, "This is what I want to do." When I moved to New York, so it felt, um, yeah, it felt really great.
1: Yeah, it must have been cool too to see your friend Sashir, get on SNL. I mean, she she had gone through UCB as well, and uh, yeah, and she's so awesome. I, I remember when I first saw her was the announcement because I wasn't living here so I just didn't know the people here. And I saw the announcement in the news that she was cast and I was like, "Oh, who is she?" and I looked up um well, it was just what in the article they just had yeah some some of her sketch work on there and I was like, "She's awesome. Yeah, no wonder she got on there." So that's um uh that must have been super sweet to see your your pal.
0: It was the best. I even you saying that reminds me that it was just felt so like special, like New York, moment, the night she found out. So this was kind of like before it was like announced or in the press, mm-hmm. she found out and a small group of us like gathered in this like tiny bar in Bushwick and it was it's... snowing and she was wearing this cool dress and everyone was just <laughs> freaking out. Cause it was kind of like our first Oh, for all of us, our first friend to kind of like make it, you know, yeah. and make it in such a
1: big way—that's really cool. Yeah, super cool. Nice memory. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really sweet. And speaking of making, it, I mean, you've, I, and I, I mean, obviously, making it—the only way to make it is not on SNL. That is one <laughs> way to make it, especially now. Sure. I mean, there's so yeah. many ways. Uh, To to get out there, you've done so much great stuff on stage. You had some fun shows on stage that you were doing. You've uh, also parlayed that into on-camera work. Like your Comedy Central show, Your Worst Fears Confirmed, is a a great thing that uh, you've done. You've done a ton of things before that as well. Let's talk about how you started getting into that world. What was the process for you? It's obviously different for everybody. How did you find your way into this on-camera work?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it it definitely took a it definitely well I'm like it did take a while and also I guess it didn't take a while it's all very strange but mm-hmm. w- UCB was wonderful because it was really great training networking and also a great way for people you know in the industry to see up and coming performers so just by being on that stage I was able to get a commercial agent I was able to get a manager um but really even those things didn't help as much as like the network of friends and like, you know, our co-workers as colleagues, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Fellow performers. And so I got um, a, an above average web series through that. And I got an IFC web series through that. And so like, I kind of like slowly started to build my work and like comfort that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, And then it was like, I had gotten kind of, I kind of reached kind of the top level that UCB has to offer. So I was like on a weekend improv team. Mm-hmm. I had done two um solo sketch shows. Um I had done a bunch of their showcases. And I was like, you know what? I feel like uh, I feel like I'm still not like I've reached the top and there's really not much at the top. And mm-hmm. um at that point I was like, why don't I why don't I try stand-up? you know, cause I really <laughs> am so scared to do it. And it feels <laughs> like the one thing, you know, I've been too nervous to try and I do still think it, uh, well, I don't know if it's the hardest, but it certainly felt like the thing that required the most because there was no safety net of a team in any way, you know, it is yeah. truly you. Um, but once I started doing up, um, I fell in love with it and I like really dove into that world. And that's kind of when I started booking a lot more because it was so much, yeah, it was so much easier for someone to be like, Oh, I know your voice Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: there it's not like you performing someone else's sketch, you know, or you Mm -hmm. making an improv move with a large group. And that's how I just applied to the comedy central digital creators program like in the slush pile along with everybody else mm-hmm. um but the audition was like show us kind of whatever you want and i did um you know like a five minute stand-up set and um and it went really well and wow. uh and they were like that's kind of the because i my other material i think wasn't as strong but they were mm-hmm. like that is the reason um
1: you got the job that's really cool i mean how long had, did you say how long you'd been doing stand-up uh, before this
0: I, th- I, think four, I think four years,
1: because
0: mm-hmm. I, th- um, I started, oh gosh, I should know these dates better. I was at Comedy Central for three years, so mm-hmm. 2020 minus three is 2017, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I started doing stand-up in 2014, mm-hmm. 14, 15, 16, yeah, so four years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, four years, and it was pretty strange when I started, because I was... The way I was making money was, you know, doing a commercial here and there. But my steady income was teaching uh, sketch and improv classes at UCB. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I would like finish a class in the afternoon, and then go to open mics with all the students who I had just taught, <laughs> who would then watch me bomb.
1: <laughs> which was what is so that dynamic like? I mean, <laughs> I'm I mean, sure. I'm horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: I'm- I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're all trying, yeah, you know, so we're all they trying. Were,
1: and and I, yeah. if I, I imagine I'd hope uh, uh, people who were going to UCB classes who were also doing stand up got by that point that uh, it's such a trial by error <laughs> thing doing open mic. Oh,
0: for sure. <laughs> and it's not like. I mean, I don't want to say this and have a student be like, How dare you? I was incredible. But it's not like anyone was crushing at an open mic <laughs> yeah. anyway. So yeah. I would guess the students were just petrified that I was there to then also have me watch them again. You know, like they were just in class <laughs> and now I was watching them again. Yeah. So I imagine that was more their concern. But mine, of course, was, Oh my God, I can't bomb in front of these people and then
1: right, give and the them te- notes. <laughs> right. That's the thing is giving them notes. <laughs> yeah. after uh they've seen you in a vulnerable spot um yeah. you know it's it's interesting you brought something up about like we're all just bombing there um because that's what what it is but it reminds me of somebody I was uh telling them I was at they were telling me that they were at UCB but in like 2004 when like tons of people who are now famous we're taking classes like oh interesting time that you're there you must have seen this person who's amazing and that person who's amazing and they're like yeah we were all starting out in improv. like they weren't they weren't what they are now <laughs> like right they were, they were bad like anybody else's is uh not great at it uh, when they start out so it was like oh yeah i mean it really like grounds everything <laughs> like puts things for in perspective. sure yeah. that's what yeah. it is you know
0: yeah because i think there's like a a false and I believe that it's like oh well if someone's great they ha- they possess this quality that always, right away yeah. yeah it's just not
1: true of course we hear the stories about like how people instantly loved Chris Farley and he was so amazing on stage and it seemed like he just had it but that's like you know one in a million that's that's not any other famous person for the most part they they all learned a skill and they just got better at it
0: yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's got to be a mix, right? It's like you have to have that desire. Mm-hmm. You have to have the ambition and the ability to, like, really pursue and focus. But right, then it probably yeah. is – yeah, I don't want to take away from the fact, like, there is something, I think, a little magical to
1: everybody, <laughs> I guess, right? I think everyone I has know. their uniqueness that – um and that's a, a beautiful thing that can come out of improv is that like once you find what your voice is, mm-hmm. like like the way you think and you learn to infuse that into your comedy, into what you're doing, that is the magic. And, uh, and obviously there is the magic trick that happens with... Um, comedy in general uh you know the the stand-up magic trick of like the surprise at the end no one was expecting that can be very magical and um improv like us discovering something together at the same time uh somehow some way it must be magic i mean those those are all like the fun things about about comedy that is very magical totally I want to talk some more about this time period where now you've become a teacher and you're teaching different things, and you're also working as a stand-up and uh, getting agents uh, uh, and, and having an agent and, and working in uh, commercials. You've done uh, commercial work. Uh, anything that people might remember, or recognize you from?
0: It's been a while, but yeah, I was in like I was in an American Express commercial for. Um, a while that played all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I really am just like a clerk and I give someone <laughs> a bag.
1: but <laughs> gotcha.
0: It made Never me a lot of money, which was wonderful. Right, um, right. Commercial work, sometimes you can really just like hit a national commercial and uh, God bless that paycheck. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's like a fun, like Haverty's commercial I did, but that just ran in the South because it's like a furniture. Haverty's is a, south. yeah.
1: I did a print thing for Haverty's um, when I was living in South Carolina.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Haverty's is great. They flew me to Atlanta because that's where they shoot out of. Awesome. And this is like the one time I've been on a first class flight because I guess you're like, as talent, you're like precious cargo. So they like.
1: (laughs) We want to make sure they can have a drink on the plane, Mm -hmm. uh, which I've done once. I wasn't flying first class, but I got a drink on a plane once because they asked me to move seats or something. And they're like, it'll mm-hmm. give you first class uh, just for doing that, like give you first class uh, perks. And so they like offered a drink and I was like, well, if you're going to well- offer,
0: <laughs> I'll have <laughs> you a bourbon it. and
1: Coke. Uh, <laughs> and it's delightful to drink in the air. Um, <laughs> that's another it form really of magic. Is. <laughs> <laughs> so I've... I'm hearing um, that uh, that you're parlaying a lot of different things, like you're learning a lot, and then you're finding ways to use that. Like you're learning a lot uh, about comedy in general, and you start teaching. And while you're there, you're uh, like you mentioned, you're on the stage that helped you get a manager and a commercial agent. When did the or how did the Comedy Central stuff come along? Was it similar, or did you pitch? Uh, to Comedy Central and get on there what what was the so
0: uh, so I did the yeah so the I did this Comedy Central digital creators program I I um, I, I was like the first cohort that they did it and it was basically like uh, kind of like an incubator program for like Mm -hmm. up-and-coming talent and they were just kind of figuring out what they wanted to do as far as web Presence and we had this YouTube talk show that we did for a bit that didn't really work out, and then from that they 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 kind of just kind of fused us with the digital staff, and that meant we were just pitching series ideas every day, and so I happened to pitch this idea for your worst fears confirmed, oh. uh, and my boss really liked it, and so he was like, "Well, you should you know." Um, partner with somebody to, on staff to work on it. And um, there's this woman who I thought was so talented, Ellie Skrzat, who is uh, still there. She's um, she's a senior um, graphic designer there. But so she's, she's just like incredibly funny, a great writer, a great artist, an animator, a musician. And so I was like, well, if there's anyone I want to work with, it's definitely her. And so I brought her the idea... And she and I helped shape it into what it is now, which is this, I think I'm obviously partial to it, but like a very cool world of basically I am as this expert who lives inside your search bar and is like kind of an AI who basically fuels your anxiety. But she and I like now work on it together. And so she does all the animation. But at this point, we like basically write the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. And then she'll come up with the animation ideas, but we'll like talk through each. I mean, basically each image in detail. And then she animates it and edits it. And it's one of my like favorite collaborations I've ever gotten to do.
1: That's really cool. And they're, I, yeah. I've seen a little bit of them and they are are I mean, obviously they're well shot and they look great. And then they're just they're they're funny and sharp. And, uh, and it's unique, I, I Thank really you. dug it.
0: Yeah. It feels very much like something that, um, is born from the two of us. Like, I don't, I don't know if it would be, I mean, I don't know. I, I would like to think it would be hard for somebody to immediately write another script of it, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly is distinct. So maybe you could <laughs> copy it. I don't know, um, but it feels really special, and I'm glad that I get to do it with her.
1: And there's been a see. It ran through December. Like the, I guess the last episode was in December, but um, uh, are, it's are you... it,
0: So it's still going, which is really which is nice. So even though I'm full time at Lily, uh, my like reps were able to carve out this agreement, so I do get to keep working on worst fear so i just kind of do it on the side so awesome. I'll, yeah i'll write them i mean at this point we still have like four banked so mm-hmm. we'll kind of see what happens it might not even i don't know it might it might not even be necessary for me to write more anytime soon um but the series is still going
1: that's awesome yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's the thing like i feel like now the really the the best way to To go for things is to have sort of multiple things that you're working on and doing, and uh, because I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, you know, if you've got this thing, why are you doing the other thing? Like if you're you're writing on a network show, why are you doing this other thing, or even vice versa? Like you're starring in this thing, why are you writing for this other thing? But it's smart, really, to do both. (laughs) And it's also you can do both. You are you are good in different ways. And why not have professional gigs doing all of that that you can do?
0: Yeah. And I think it matters too, like finding out how you as a creator work best, you know. Mm -hmm. And for me, I I am better in like fast turnaround, high pressure situations, mm. if I have a ton of time and just one thing I'm working on, I'll get too stressed and be too precious about everything. Mm. And will however, basically, I think someone said this to me in college and I've remembered it forever. Um, but the, the idea that like, however much time you have to complete the thing is how much time it's going to take so if you're if you have nothing else going on for a week and one assignment, it will take you that full week and if you have four assignments, you'll be able to finish four i mean obviously, depending on your abilities, but for me, I find I work better when I'm under the gun
1: yeah. you know and
0: have more to do
1: well it's good not that you know everybody. That about yourself, yeah. yeah, not everyone can be that way. It's good that you know that about yourself <laughs> um. Because, yeah, I, uh, I can definitely see how easy it could be to get too precious about something if you have too much yeah. time. But when you're under the gun, it's like, hey, let's just you know do this right and then uh, move on because I got other work to do.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know, but now even during this conversation, I'm like, I wonder if part of that came from starting with improv because so much of that. Brain skill is juggling at least three kind of like comedic premises in your brain at all times, mm-hmm. you know, and like having to work at each of them and trying to see these connections and moving each one through. And I spent so much time like in my 20s focusing on improv that I wonder if I've just kind of that's like I've almost taught myself that like you have to think creatively by juggling a bunch of stuff.
1: Yeah. Obviously, that'll look different for each person, but um, absolutely, it's definitely true, I think. What would you say is your comedic voice?
0: Um, I would say it's strange thoughts from a sweet lady.
1: <laughs> and um, how did that come about? I mean, what, <laughs> why did that develop and how do you develop it?
0: Oh, gosh, that's a great question. I mean... Uh, that the, that like log line came yeah. from a thing I had to do for comedy central it was like mm-hmm. a, a short-lived series that was called that where it was basically me just saying like tweets I was too nervous to say because they were too weird <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah I, I don't know I, I just I think what's really interesting to me at the moment is um the way like, women present themselves on screen or at least a way that they're like allowed or encouraged or expected to present themselves. And I always loved Amy Sedaris and Maria Bamford. I just like was obsessed with the kind of comedy they were doing, Mm -hmm. which felt like that, like very strange, but still at the heart, very sweet, you know, or from the perspective of somebody, um, who is like meaning to be sweet, but is deranged. Um, So I think perhaps that's where it comes from.
1: I love Amy Sedaris. And uh, uh, now I can't unsee (laughs) an Amy Sedaris vibe from you. Actually, let me grab something to show you real quick. Please. Just to prove that I do love Amy Sedaris. I got sent her something once like many years ago. What year was that? 2007. So, before I even started comedy, and she sent me, me this, uh, <laughs> this funny postcard. Oh post my card.
0: God. She's that hilarious,
1: role. right? Yeah. Oh, that's upside down. Uh, yeah. that's.
0: Oh, and she signed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, and I like think f- she's so wonderful.
0: Well, now let me. So sh- I have that book that that picture is from. I'm like oh. looking at it right now. Yeah.
1: yeah. The picture is her. <laughs> it says, From one art, to one artist from another, Andy uh. Sedaris. And it's her painting of what looks like a it's a, an already framed painting so it's like <laughs> what are you and uh and then she's not wearing any pants so that's <laughs> so it's, it's funny um yeah she is uh uh she's awesome and i got to meet her once so it was wow she's a delight Ugh, um,
0: i hope i hope someday our paths will cross well it was yeah, she's uh, amazing
1: was, <laughs> she is amazing it, it was really a odd meeting only because of the timing we had just moved to new york and nine days after we moved here we had we already had tickets to see tj and dave Mm. and so we went to go see tj and dave and i'm sitting in there and walks up to sit right in front of me was amy sedaris and um I, i was like oh hey um you've christened New York City (laughs) for me (laughs) so I didn't say that
0: incredible
1: yeah but she did yeah oh gosh what a what a nice like for her to say she wrote on in this postcard good luck with everything and meeting her within the first couple of weeks of being here is I think a pretty uh pretty good way to kick off being in New York yeah for yeah for sure so when you started writing for Lily Singh for for mm-hmm. uh, a little late with Lily Singh you said that started in November? Yeah. When you start writing for somebody else and yet you have a defined voice of your own, do you obviously when you're writing for someone else you have to write to their voice? How much of your voice are you using or or and I don't also she might want just your voice, but I'm curious as to what that process is like.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think every show is different Mm -hmm. and this, and this is my first late night writing job. So I feel like I have a very small sample, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is, yeah, there's like no equation, but it's certainly like, it definitely took me a few months to get into the rhythm Mm -hmm. because at first, like I I think, and I've been told this, it's like, I was hired because They liked how weird my stuff was, (laughs) you know, they were like, oh, we want somebody who's just a little weirder in the room. It might help, you know, kind of push things in a sillier direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And at first, though, it was too much weird like entirely my taste weird and -hmm. not necessarily what's right for the show. And I feel like I'm starting to like get into the rhythm of, and obviously like every, truly every week is different. Really every day feels different. Um, But I think what I, what I currently think I've figured out is I'm trying to start from a place of what, what would be an observation about the world that isn't just one that I have, but would be one that, Lily might have as well. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I know I'm kind I've learned the things she's interested in, you know, just from doing the show from being a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, okay, well, what could be, cause we write sketches. So it's like, what would be a fun premise to play that idea in a weird way? So it's like, if the observation is, Oh man, you know, we're all, we're all just stuck constantly like searching Amazon reviews for products we want to buy. Right. Mm -hmm. That's something that's not inherently comedic, but it feels like something that we all talk about it. And I know she's talked about a lot. So Mm -hmm. it's like, so then how do I spin that to make it somehow absurd?
1: I see. I've heard that there's certain rooms where everyone's just kind of writing for every kind of piece on the show. But then obviously there are places where that's not happening because I think, When Anthony Jeselnik was writing for Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, he was just writing monologue jokes.
0: Yeah, every show, every show is different. Our Mm -hmm. staff is really small, Mm -hmm. um, which the benefit of that is we do kind of get to work on everything, which I love. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, so we there's like a, a really healthy mix of collaborative and independent work. So we all pitch. So basically, in our writers' room, we pitch sketch ideas and then we work them out together and then the ones that are chosen or greenlit then the people who originally pitched them go off and write them uh but then there's also with that there's like lily does rants which are her version of monologue openings Mm -hmm. and so those usually are independently written, or collaborative, or now we've gotten to the point where it's like someone will write the first draft, and then we'll all go in and write a bunch of alt jokes for everything. Oh, okay. So it um, it's it's a really fun mix, and I love I love that because again, like my brain needs a bunch of stuff. Where if yeah. it was like I was just doing monologue jokes or something, I think I would go a little crazy. Yeah. But then, um, this keeps me kind of I uh, just. Uh, I mean, I don't know if excited is the right word because I think if I had any job, I would be excited, <laughs> especially, especially in this, in this world that we're yeah. in. Yeah. Um, but it feels like everything continues to be fresh.
1: That's cool. Uh, is Marina still there? She's not. Okay. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, um, yeah I, she I, was, I, th- I think she was maybe just there to launch. The show,
0: yeah, I think I think season one. I'm not I'm not sure, but I've heard her name a few times where people have like recommended her and said how great she is. I think she wrote for Fallon as well, or
1: no? Yeah, she did work. um, She so she's got a really interesting start because she was she first started as a blogger for the late night with Jimmy Fallon website, Mm. and then became a writer, um, which has to be one of the only people that's really done that sort of transition. And
0: yeah, I had a friend Eli Grober who wrote for Fallon who started not as a blogger, but he was, I think, in charge of like compiling footage or like just finding oh, well, videos, so kind of like a
1: production side. Yeah, which is also an uncommon way for people to end up mm-hmm. in the writers' room. Yeah, that's really inspirational, honestly, for a lot of people. Um,
0: yeah, because I think he would just yeah. pitch jokes, like because they allowed everybody to pitch jokes, and mm-hmm. his just kept getting accepted, and finally they were like, "You're." good to be
1: writing <laughs> that's awesome i love that story um mm-hmm. yeah then when uh fallon transitioned to Tonight show then marina was working there and i don't know if she's back at Tonight show or not um i for some reason thought she was but i haven't paid any attention to anything in so long because the world is in a weird place and i'll i'll pay attention intermittently but i like i feel like most of the time i'm just trying to keep my sanity or something <laughs> yeah i think that's top priority yeah. Well, that's so great. I, I love hearing about your thoughts on all these different topics that we're talking about. Again, I'm impressed at the success you've had in all these different areas because there's so many people who would kill to have success in just one of them. What advice could you give people about going through that terrain that you've been through?
0: Oh, um, that's a great question. Um, uh, You know, I've been thinking about this recently because Uh, of being in the writer's room and being very grateful for the variety of experiences I've had because I feel like improv really taught me to be collaborative and to be good about just building on other people's ideas. You know, sketch taught me a lot about how to like create dramatic scenes or comedic scenes, but you know, like, still at the heart of them like interesting scenes and then I think stand-up was a thing that helped me understand like how to truly pitch a specific POV and idea mm. um, so I feel really grateful because for a while I felt like Ugh, I-, I should just be sticking to one thing because it felt like I just wasn't you know I, I just so desperately wanted to work in the industry and it felt like it was just taking so long and I was like if I had maybe just focused on sketch or improv or or just started stand-up you know right away I felt like I had lost all this time and now um I'm so grateful for that time because I feel like all of those skills together just make me so much more confident in a room where if I didn't have all those skills I think I'd I'd be more nervous. And that's just me. I mean, there's, it's so not true for so many people. Um, but I do think it's, I guess the broad advice would be like, know that however, whatever path your journey is taking, the skills you are learning are going to be useful in the end.
1: That is really great advice, especially for me. It's resonating because I have felt so many times that I hear stories like you were uh, talking about, uh, you mentioned 2013 as a time period for you. And I was like, oh, that's the year I started improv. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should have just moved here uh, right out of college and all this totally. stuff. And, you know, I-, I can't beat myself up about that stuff. So like you saying, that gives me more reason to tell myself, hey, don't beat yourself up about the path that you've taken, because there are a lot of wonderful things that I would have missed if I hadn't been on the path I was on.
0: And you never know, like, what will be useful in the room that you're right. in, yeah. you know? And so it's like the fact, you know, that you uh, first lived in X city, you know, is like, is the reason you're going to get that job? Because the head writer is like, oh, my God, I also grew up in blank. You know, it it's just such you truly have no idea. Um So it, it it's impossible to game the system.
1: Yeah. I Yeah, that's exactly it. I think a lot of people when they... Uh, start out or when they 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 especially uh, in more recent years when they start taking classes at UCB they want to figure out how to game the system like how do I what do I do to get on SNL or what do I do to get in such and such place and it's like for one it happens differently for everybody and also secondly if you're here trying to game the system if you're anywhere just trying to gain game the system You're going to miss the things that you really need to be doing, which is learning (laughs) and crafting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, And it's also so fun. You know, I I think I had a really fun time, but even more, I'm like, God, I wish I was just like having a good time because it's so fun. Starting out is so fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was so <laughs> maybe it's partly because of this the age I'm at now, but um, I never really thought I would look at my early thirties when I started out in comedy um, as like the good old days because you you think that the, your good old days are like your high school and college days or like fresh out of college days. But like you're gonna have good old days all throughout your life. So number one, enjoy them while they're there. But you're absolutely going to look back at 35 at some point and go, ah, that was those those are good times. <laughs> I miss those times. You know, you're gonna totally. do that with like any era in your life, and just enjoy it while you're while you're there. This has been a great talk. I wish we could talk more because I feel like we've only scratched the surface on <laughs> all of the things that you've done and and uh, can advise on. But it's time to create something together. Uh, I. There's one thing that you mentioned about stand up about like writing from a particular point of view, and then of course there's uh, the stuff that you've done on on your show on Comedy Central. Uh, your worst fear uh, confirmed: um, colon <laughs> yeah. confirmed. That's uh, <laughs> um, I'm whatever idea comes to you. I would love to uh, to do if you, if you have a particular idea. But I am curious. Um, About, when it comes to your show, um, how you come up with an idea to then make it uh, an episode of the show. Sure. Um, Which of those would you like to tackle? Would it be like a stand-up point of view and how people can do that? Or uh, coming up with an idea for your worst fears? Uh,
0: Let's do do worst fears. Awesome. Because that feels, I think... I mean, I, I might be patting myself on the back, but I think it feels a little trickier. So, yeah, let's talk about that.
1: So, I know that it's kind of um, a sort of parody of learner videos. Cool. Like like those YouTube videos that are like... Uh,
0: Oh, explainers. explainer. explainer yes.
1: videos, and learner videos. Yeah, like those, where yes.
0: yeah. I was like, Who's Dr. Learner? I just oh. thought it sounded like, <laughs>
1: Oh, yes, yes like yes, the yes, name yeah. of somebody.
0: Where I'm like, right, Have I been parodying somebody and I have no idea on
1: the show? Right? Oh, that makes so much sense. That's yes. Funny. yes yeah, yes. explainer videos,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, uh, it's the tricky part is that because you're oftentimes gonna pick a subject that maybe isn't inherently funny because it's something that somebody would look up?
0: Well, so kind of. I mean, it's a little different now um, because we want to like vary it up more. But when we were starting, it was just me and Ellie making a giant list of the things that we were afraid of. (laughs) Mm -hmm. or like would google ourselves at three in the morning and so then we both um have become really good friends and i think part of the reason is because we're naturally the same kind of paranoid and anxious person we have this spiral kind of thinking doomsday thinking which Mm -hmm. in general is bad but for the series is like a great healthy way to channel that paranoia Uh um and so we just start like it's basically the thought exercises if this is true what else is true
1: okay yeah
0: for every scenario and then on top of that uh, it's like if okay so if okay well, I guess the best way to do it is like with examples so for example um, one of our like most successful episodes is can I get pregnant from sitting on my boyfriend's lap <laughs> Okay, right. It's like a ludicrous fear, Mm -hmm. but let's like let's explore. Like, could you? Is there any way? So you think what's the first most obvious way? Is there a way to get pregnant if you're sitting on his lap? And so the one we came up with is like, yeah, if he's if he's wearing. if he's not wearing pants, but it's like, he's going to be wearing pants. So what's a way that he, he, that his penis could still somehow come out of the pants. So it's like, Oh, if they're button fly jeans and if the button fly was made to like open. So then it's like, so then you just like follow that trajectory. So then the next scenario has to be, you have to heighten that, um, but it can't be too crazy, but still like, I guess it's like, okay, fine. Let's assume that his pants are perfectly fine. Right. Mm -hmm. How else could there be a problem that's a little more absurd than malfunctioning pants? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's say there's a tornado outside and it pulls you guys out and rips off all your clothes. So you end up once again, on top of each other, you know, so it just, Mm -hmm. it's um, you just kind of like each scenario you think through logically, but slightly absurd. And then you heighten within each and then when you, like, reset. Okay. Does okay. that help at all?
1: That totally does. And I'm wondering how... Um, how what is the approach you take to make sure that... Um, well, I guess you just throw out a lot of ideas. Uh, and then whatever feels like maybe is too much. You just say, like, well, we will go with that one. Is that something that...
0: Kind of. So mm-hmm. it's like... So basically, I will... So, for example, it's like I I will kind of outline it. So I'll Mm -hmm. brainstorm. It's like here's scenario one, scenario two, scenario three. We usually have four to five. Mm -hmm. And so then I will be like, hey, here's the scenarios loosely. And she'll say, cool, this one makes sense. This actually doesn't make sense. Like logically I listen to it, but I bump here. So then we brainstorm how to fix it. Mm -hmm. And then I'll write it up. We'll go through it again. And then when I was in the office, what was really great is – we would we would have our digital staff would read them so we would have everybody then read the thing and be like this bumps for me logically and uh-huh. this like you know so it's more really like um less joke pitches and for our series more specifically like these kind of like weird brain logic puzzles where it like has to be like just absurd enough that it's funny but still like real enough that it's still you could in a perfect scenario it could Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. um and then she would go through give me all the animation ideas and then we would you know go through them together and the rule that we kind of discovered as we did it was every visual has to somehow make a new joke on top of what i'm saying so it's like the rule is there has to be a visual joke on uh-huh. top of whatever i say um and then we like you know build a world of like who this expert is and we've started playing around with her being able to go inside the animation and talk to the characters
1: um
0: yeah i don't know if that answered your question
1: but it does i mean it i'm just kind of you know it's how you you hone uh and uh also, it's, like, um, quality control to have other people read it and say, like, well, this doesn't really work for me. So then you yeah. work on it and you fix it.
0: Yeah, um, it's the, that part is so important. Yeah. And it was so nice in the office because I would sit right across from her. So, it, so constantly I would just, you know, like, swivel my chair and read something to her. Or she would be, like, you know, beckon me over and we'd look at her, like, rudimentary animation. And it was... <laughs> It was the best. Uh, it
1: was so it was I crazy to
0: get paid to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah that that I, I was gonna say. It sounds like a dream job.
0: It was heaven. I I think the people around us at one point, I think, started just moving because they got very annoyed <laughs> with how much we were just like we were just like a little too annoying, you know. Where it's like we are just vibing too much. Where everyone's like, <laughs> okay, we get it. You like what you're doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there it is. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Natasha. Thank you for having me. This
0: was really fun.
1: I had a really great time talking to her. I hope you had a good time listening to us talk to each other. And you can check out more of what she's got going on on her website, natashavainblot.com. And be sure to check out her show, Your Worst Fears Confirmed, on Comedy Central. And follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Natasha And we have links to those in the bio. And also the picture of Natasha in the bio on thereitispod.com was taken by Mindy Tucker. Getting a picture taken by Mindy Tucker to me, is a big part of making it in comedy. I want to earn that distinction like Natasha did. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod, and you can follow me on Instagram at Jason Farr Picks and Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes. Until next time, be good to each other.